got here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. And at the end of the day, you've got this force of nature now inside you. Baby knows what to do. Baby will tell you what to do. It's just nature's way. I think nature's a bit of an arse, though, don't you? Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and two films I would like to recommend that you watch this weekend are Dear White People by Justin Simeon and Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. Well, <clears throat> Marcus, it's uh, David Campbell uh, on Shoot the Breeze. And uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Dear White People, I still haven't seen that, but Do the Right Thing, I would definitely recommend um, as a Spike Lee film to watch. It's, yeah, you uh, talk about your you talk about your two. Talk about your two. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's a very hard-hitting film. So, and you know, I definitely agree. Um, the two I would recommend. Uh, one of them is not a, a movie, actually. One of them is um, a one-off TV drama, which was shown earlier this week on BBC, called Stuck in Limbo. I think that is very, very, um, a very, very poignant look at what is what has been happening in the UK recently. And um, Black Klansman by St uh, Spike Lee, again, Spike Lee film, um, which approaches a difficult subject with a lot of humour, but it is, it is a difficult subject. Um, I have to agree with uh, Spike Lee as well that it should have won an Oscar, but um, it was beaten up by Driving Miss Daisy Mark II. Mm -hmm. Which is it kind of, again, kind of a, a correlation with um, Black Klansman. <clears throat> which is on the, this other film. I think it's, I think he's only been, uh, he's only had two uh, films of his nominated for Oscars for best picture, which are um, do the right thing and black Klansman. So those two kind of tie each other together and both of them were beaten by films where it's about a white black person where one person is driving the other person. It's like driving Miss Daisy and Green Book. And the, that famous quote that he had where he said, uh, this time the racist is in the front, I think. That was, that was, a, that was a quote that he had. Um, but yeah, so I, I, to be honest, Do the Right Thing has been on my list since I can remember anything about film. And I've always wanted to watch it. It's got tons of people that I, uh, I admire in 
you know, I admire their work. It's it obviously it's got Spike Lee, it's got Danny Aiello who died last year, um, late last year. It's got John Turturro, um, Samuel L. Jackson, a whole bunch of people in there, and it's very, it's very for for its day. I mean, it, it was in the '90s. It was very edgy. It was very in your face and very colorful. Even though I haven't seen it, all of these are things I've heard people like yourself say. In fact, it's come onto my list fairly recently because you recommended it recently. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both those films, to be quite honest, I tackle the same subject, but from a different angle. One was very, very angry, very, very angry. The other one comes a different way. Um, the same subject, different angles. Both really great. Um, seen both of them and uh, thoroughly recommend both of them. So yes. Yeah, I've se- I've seen Black Klansman. Definitely recommend Black Klansman. I think um, uh, John uh, John Isaiah Washington. Um, I I don't want to just keep referring to him as Denzel Washington's son, but you know Isaiah Washington. He John John Isaiah Washington. I believe that's his name. I need to double check it just to make sure. But he is phenomenal. And he's very good. But also. Um, Oh, it was his name. The one that is in, uh, he's Kylo Ren and he, Adam Adam Driver. That's it. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. He's, he plays because Black Klansman, those of you who don't know Black Klansman came out last year, I believe. Um, And it is uh, based on the true story of a black police officer in Colorado in the seventies who uh, infiltrates the uh, Ku Klux Klan and obviously he does it over the phone but obviously when they need to meet him face to face he can't go in there because he's black so he partners up with adam driver's character who plays the 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 you know the face-to-face version of himself and adam driver i think is phenomenal in his work anyway and i think he's really good in it Uh, he plays a jewish police officer who has to team up with his black police officer to bring down the kkk in that particular uh, town it's it's a great film. I definitely agree with you. It's a good good watch, good pick. Do the right thing. I'm definitely going to watch it this weekend, and I'll let you know what I think last week. Um, I also recommended Dear White People, which is a, it's it came out in 2014, and there's a there's a Netflix series as well, which follows the same characters and some of the same actors are in it in the same roles, but the lead character played by one of the loves of my life, Tessa Thompson. Uh, it, she's not in the series, but she's in the film. Um, and it's, it follows four black students who, have jo- who are in this Ivy League college. And it sort of explores what, is, what it's like in, in college in, in, in America, especially in, a, in, in like, like I said, Ivy League. So um, sort of uh, affluent uh, college setting where there are a lot of white people and it's over the, in this new decade, it's, there's now an influx of black people who are able to stand, black kids were able to stand their ground against white stereotypes, you know, racist stereotypes, et cetera. And you get a lot of that that sort of happens with the clashing of, um, uh, it, it, there's a, there's a subplot about a, a, a color, like a, you know, blackface colored part, you know, blackface party held by some white uh, sorority or fraternity and so on and so forth. And it just follows these four kids um, who are exploring what it means to be black in a white society. And it is a great, very, it's a great film. It, it's all the characters are, it, it, to say, it, they're all three dimensional. It, there's never really one. Um, there's never really one direction of this is right, this is wrong. 
all the characters all come across in their own uh, sort of perspectives having positive and negative attributes to their beliefs and they are not afraid to show it one of the reasons why i really uh, connected with tessa thompson's character i don't want to go too much into it because if i do that's kind of giving a spoiler as to what happens later on there's something about her character i really resonated with and i'm glad they went there because it just it, it shows it shows that duality that a lot of people of color have to live in in society really so definitely recommend dear white people you can check it out mm. well <clears throat> one of the other reasons well one of the reasons why i come up with a or we both come up with um spike lee films is because he's got a new spike uh, a new spike lee joint as he calls it is out today on uh, netflix called uh, the five bloods and it's yep. about uh, uh, what was it some black war veterans black Vietnamese war veterans um, who go back to Vietnam to see what it's like there. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't know too much about it. And I deliberately did not watch the, the trailer so that I can go into it and just watch it all the way through. So, but that's one of the reasons. The other reason is, um, um, as you know, in the news, it's all about the Black Lives Matter uh, campaign that's going on in America at the moment and well it's come over here as well and um yeah race is at the forefront of the news at the moment so we we will look at some uh films that deal with that subject and have a chat absolutely um and i've been having numerous chats a lot of chats recently as well um on the topic um and it's it's one thing definitely that has come out of this, uh, out of the situation that we're in, both the COVID lockdown and the Black Lives Matter protests, is there are a lot of conversations that are being had. And one one thing I'm really impressed about as well is how the conversation doesn't shut down just because certain words are said and certain words are, you know, trigger words are being used. There are a lot of conversations that I've had personally, I'm sure it probably is not the case with every conversation that's being had. But a lot of the conversations I'm having with other people, both people of people of color, white people, in, about the subject, is a healthy exchange of ideas. Um, that is not to say anything about. That's not to uh, sort of to put down the protests, um, because at the end of the day, it, it's the protests come from a place of frustration uh, that a lot of people have faced for decades that is now decades, I'd say centuries, but nobody's been alive for a century. Um, but for decades, they've experienced a lot of pain, agony, frustration that they've held in. And so the protest is just basically a way of venting what they've felt for all that time. So, and it's, it's, it's really deep, it's really powerful, especially the fact that you have these protesters who are basically saying there is, yes, there's COVID-19 uh, uh, threat out there, but, there's there are things that are more important than being sick which is going out there and I, I i say that as as a person and i know yourself as well who's been impacted by covid in one of the worst ways possible uh, mm. it, it, you know have, having people stand out i i fully support those who are willing to stand out there and just say look enough is enough and they're putting their they're putting themselves out there i, I fully i you know i'm just saying that myself not representing you know resonance uh, as a whole these are these opinions are mine and mine alone um so i'm just saying you know 
that that's one of the reasons why I would like to recommend these films that I'm talking about. And I'd love to have a full-on conversation about this, about what's happening with yourself, David, with other people who are willing to join in. Uh, yeah, David. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. I think um, we should have a, a nice little show dedicated to it, um, or majority of show dedicated to it, so that we could actually just air some views and and, and see what what comes about. Because the only way that we are actually going to improve the situation anywhere is by having a full and frank discussion. And, um, and in this country, it seems like um, you start the conversation and people tend to start running away from it very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's, and that's why I would like to have this conversation. And um, I'll try and we'll try and arrange to have uh, people to join us on calls tomorrow and not tomorrow, but next week. So for next week's show, um, we're going to try and have a bumper packed uh, BLM conversation on the show. We'll bring in references with different types of films and TV shows to sort of, sort of that suits the mood of, uh, of society at the moment and see what we can do. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. And I'm producer Dave, changing his name yet again. Producer, okay, so <laughs> here's the thing. And I've had some people message me. They're like, why, why, are, you, why are you berating producer David? He's, he's like, he likes to be called David. I mean, Paul Knight, um, film director, came on the show. He, he has always, he's always mentioned to me, uh, it's like, he, he doesn't like to be called Dave. He wants to be called David. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I, I, I know. Let, let's put this matter to, to bed. Producer David, would you prefer producer David or are you okay with producer Dave? I'm okay with producer Dave, but if you're coming up to me and you're saying, hello, David, Next, sure. that, is, that is where it All comes right. from. So we go, we, we, we go, producer Dave, David Campbell. That's it. Good. Excellent. So all of you out there, when you see producer Dave on the street, you either address him as producer Dave or you address him as Sir David Campbell. No, no, no. Just David. <laughs> Just David. I'm not going to, I haven't got any airs and graces. Thank you very much. <laughs> Excellent. So next we've got, uh, coming on the show, we've got uh, film and TV news. Uh, myself and David, we uh, jumped on a Zoom call with director Con uh, Connor Buru, who is, who directed the, the film or who's directing the film uh, when the screaming starts. Those of you who have been following us for a while know that we had the opportunity to go on set. We were invited by film producer, director, Dom Lenoir, to come onto the set of the mockumentary, When the Screaming Starts. So we catch up with him in film and TV news. And then in Spotlight, I talk with uh, Dr. Shargirl, who talks about a short film that she's working on, uh, which is called Phantoms, which looks, it explores mental health, LGBTQ community, and uh, pregnancy. All of that is coming after shoot, uh, shoot, yeah. not, not after shoot the breeze, uh, and all of that is coming uh, in, in a few minutes. Also, just, uh, just uh, as I'll point out later on, uh, we're not going to have a top five favorites this week because we have some categories that have come in from guests and we want to evaluate them, we want to go through them and pick which one's going to be best so that the DVD of um, Blue Story by Rapman gets sent out. We'll talk about who won last week and we'll talk about some of the uh, contenders as well. But anyway, we'll do that next week um, when, when we come back. But for now, it is film and TV news.
in the year before we had any whiff of anything called COVID-19 or a potential lockdown, which basically sealed our fates for 2020, myself and producer Dave were invited by a uh, former guest on the show, uh, uh, producer and director Dom Lenoir. Hi, Dom. Uh, he invited us to come on set to watch uh, the making of one of his latest projects called a, a mockumentary called When the Screaming Starts. Here's a clip of some of the interviews that we got on that trip. You listen to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako with someone who apparently doesn't want to talk to us by himself, Dom Lenoir. So, I'm just trying to include other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just constantly. It's like, yeah, he can come in, she can come in. And, no, we want to talk to you. First. All right, I'm, I'm here. Thank you very much for inviting us on set. No problem. You know, Connor doesn't call cut until, you know, he absolutely has to. And we've had so many gold moments by just letting it flow, just you know, quick cheeky move of the camera and someone's looking straight down the brow of the lens and a little quick zoom. It's just, there's so much to work with. You know, there's so much that's going to be like gold dust in the edit yeah. when, when you when you get to cutting this. It's, it's going to be great. David, you Actually, Connor contacted us on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, because he had, you know, the idea of actually having twins. So, you know, it's a kind of a limited how many twins there are. Yeah. He didn't know any twins personally, so that's why he contacted us. He saw us on Mandy, which is like an acting... Um, page and he just like yeah told us about his project and we thought it was a pretty good opportunity for us yeah so mandy.com that's the website for actors and uh, for filmmakers who are trying to get projects done exactly yes that was a very fun trip that i had with producer david on set uh we really enjoyed ourselves we enjoyed the company we enjoyed the interviews and producer david said to me recently whatever happened to that project uh, because of lockdown and number of productions shutting down, we wanted to reach out to director Connor Buru to find out what the status was of When the Screaming Starts. And here's how that conversation went. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And we're back again with uh, the director of the film When the Screaming Starts, uh, Connor Buru. Uh, welcome, Connor. It, it's good to see you again. Uh, when was it that we came on set, do that uh, on set interview with yourself and your crew? Yeah, thanks for having me back, guys. It's good to be back. Um, good to be talking about some film stuff again. I think last time we spoke must have been in January when we were shooting. I think it was the, probably mid Jan. Yes, absolutely. That, was, uh, that sound, it seems like a, a, a lifetime ago. So yeah. tell us, t- uh, just for those people, I mean, we've, we've played a little clip of, the, um, of that particular episode when we were on set with yourselves. So we've got a little bit of feedback. But for those people who either missed that little bit at the beginning or completely missed our uh, episode when you were last on, give us a, a quick rundown as to what the movie is when the screaming starts. Yeah, no problem. So uh, When the Screaming Starts is a mockumentary about an aspiring serial killer. And it's also tracking a documentary filmmaker who is following this journey of this aspiring filmmaker. And it's sort of a tale of what both are willing to do to reach their goals, essentially. Uh, It's sort of framed through a sort of comic lens. Um, And it's drawing off a lot of this... Uh, modern culture's obsession with serial killers. I don't know if you've noticed, but there seems to be a hell of a lot of uh, serial killer documentaries floating around at this time. So uh, when it bleeds, it leads, right? So that's that's the the adage from from news. Um, 
so so when you were because when we were on set with yourself you guys were all you were very busy with uh we've set with set up and we got to see some of the actors we got to see ed hartland who is uh he's the writer and he's also an actor in 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 the project as well uh, i believe he plays a main character um yeah. aiden in, in 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 the film as well as the other characters who were sort of going through the paces if anything the day that we landed was when majority of your cast was on set and that was it was it was, there was so much energy has that energy sort of carried you through where are you currently at with the project at the moment well you know as you can probably tell from that slightly ropey uh breakdown of the film synopsis I just gave you. It's been a while since we've been fully focused on the film. Um, it does feel like a, a lifetime ago. Uh, the good news is we have been working steadily on post. Um, we are still in the edit phase. We haven't been on picture locked at this stage. We're still sort of working out, you know, what to cut, what to tweak, what to change. Um, but it's going really well. It's really coming together nicely. Um, I just had a few, about a month ago, we had a very first, very first edit. And I think it's Martin Scorsese that said it. I saw it somewhere recently where it's like your first edit will make you feel sick. And it really did. <laughs> it really did. I was like, oh my God, you know, <clears throat> you have this vision in your head. And when you see that first edit, it's kind of there, but it's, it's not, it's not been refined yet. So jokes that are actually funny aren't quite working yet shots you know whole scenes fill off because it's you know the pacing or whatever it may be so I've, we've recently done that and we're now we're going through and making tweaks and it's it's coming along really nicely i have to say i'm very happy um we are planning to do some some pickup shots which was always the plan um just to add little bits and pieces little shots that we didn't get at the time we had a very limited schedule so hoping to do some more shots to add to the story as and when we get the go ahead. Absolutely. So we'll see. Were you able to get, I know you get, you're doing pickups obviously because now you've watched the, uh, the first edit so you can see bits that you may need to reshoot, etc. Were you able to get uh, just before the, the first edit, all the shots that you needed? Um, yeah, we got the majority of our shoot before lockdown, uh, before lockdown, luckily. Um, we did 12 and a half days, I think in the end. And, that was the bulk of the shoot. And yeah, we, we wrapped up the film, essentially. We knew that we were going to do some pickups as and when we had an edit. So if it wasn't for this whole, um, you know, corona situation, we would have done, you know, the pickups. We definitely got uh, quite severely delayed with just our first edit. Um, our editor, Alan, he's out in New York, as you've probably heard about. It's quite a turbulent time out there. Mm -hmm. um, in, the whole situation the whole covid situation uh and yeah so we, we definitely got delayed with that um and also have been delayed like i said with the pickup so until we get the pickup shots we can't picture lock which means that's sort of going to hold us back with you know finalizing a lot of the elements we can't really get fully stuck in on the sound design the color grade the composing you know so I mean, look, there's a lot more important things and worrying things going on in the world than a small film, but it definitely has delayed us quite a bit. But, you know, we're using this time as, productly, as productively as we possibly can, and we're, we're trying to uh, make sure we get the edit as strong as we can in this time, you know? Try and make the best of the situation.
Absolutely. Uh, for people who don't understand what you mean by picture lock, could you describe what picture lock means? Yeah, sure. So picture lock is normally when you have a sort of, yeah, I guess a final edit. Um, it means you're not going to change anything anymore. You're not going to change any of the visuals. So that way the rest of the post-production team can really start working it without worrying about changes. You know, the, the sound designer can fully commit to putting sounds in the right places, not worry that you're suddenly going to pick a different take or you're going to cut a scene or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's an essential part of the process that happens when you've finalized your edit essentially. So yeah. And now you're waiting for those pickups so that you can then finalize picture lock and, or you can get picture lock and then you can start doing grading, et cetera, which are things that you don't necessarily need uh, to be able to shoot anything because you've already gotten all that stuff. You've gotten your sound. You just need to, all the work is literally uh, in house and you can work on it in post-production to be able to clean things up. Great color grade as you pointed out, uh, which is good. Okay. David, you had a question? Yeah, I do. Um, just for my sense of being, and so I, I want to see, where I just want to track it. When we visited, you were still shooting. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what I'd like to know is, had the coronavirus not actually impacted on anything, where would you be now if all being well, um, no coronavirus, blah, 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 and you've been able to go ahead with your schedule, um, mm-hmm. do your pickup shots and that, where would you be at this stage now? So we, we were there in January, yeah we're now in june how far along would you have been it's a good question um it's hard to judge because you never fully know like how long a film's going to take you know it depends you're dependent on so many other people in the post-production team and it's a real collaboration so it's it's it's, yeah there's so many factors that can influence how long it will take uh, especially when you don't have a, a specified release date ahead of time I, th- I think we'd be nearing the end of it now, to be honest. I, th- I feel like we'd be, um, we would have done reshoots, not reshoots, sorry, pickup sh- shots. We would have, we would have, pro- we, we are working, sorry, I should have said, we are now working with a composer. So we are sort of planning ahead of time. They're not scoring the whole piece, but they're starting to get ideas at this sort of early stage about what things could work and maybe what wouldn't work. And having those discussions, we're talking to sound designers. But I feel like we'd be sort of in the really ref- uh, the final processes now of like refining everything, polishing the uh, the grade, um, adding those little extra touches that are going to take the film to the next level. You know, sound design, score, everything like that. So yeah, it's it's a pain, but again, it's not the worst thing that's going on right now. So I'm 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 fortunate that we've managed to to do what we did before. And I'm fortunate that at some stage, the rest of the team are willing to come back again and, and get those little extra bits really. So can't complain. Excellent. So now that you're in that sort of uh, state of limbo, what are you doing? What is Connor Buru doing um, with, you know, to keep yourself, to keep your mind active, to keep going in this particular point? So I'm, I'm doing a lot of writing at the moment. Um, I'm working on a couple of different scripts, a few features, a few different TV ideas. I'm working with various different people. That's keeping me busy. Um, I'm working on the edit a lot with our editor. So back and forth, just before speaking to you guys, mm-hmm. um, I was Alan, he's in New York, so there's a bit of a time difference, but um, we're still, I'm sending notes back and forth to him about different scenes. Um, and yeah, just, watching some netflix you know how it is <laughs> all right that's, 
that's it that's great that you brought up netflix because that kind of segued into my next question uh what are you watching what movies tv shows are you watching to keep yourself sane uh now that we're in a situation where you can't complete this project that you've been working on for a while what what are you watching to keep yourself sane well recently um sometimes when i'm going to work in a certain genre i like to watch uh I like to watch what's already out there. Not so much to steal ideas, but more just to draw inspiration. Also, just see what's already been covered. You know, sometimes uh, I think a lot of filmmakers will relate. You come up with this idea and you're like, that's the one. I'm so happy. It's a great concept. People are going to love it. And then like you Google it and you do a bit of research and you find out someone's already done it. How it's happened to me with some really crazy out there ideas. I'm thinking no one's ever going to have covered it like this. And Lo and behold, someone's already done it. So I'm working on a detective idea at the moment. Um, obviously, it's a genre where there's like hundreds of different shows. So I'm trying to do my research, check out some, see what's working, what isn't working. So I'm, I've been watching some of the classics. I've been watching River recently. I don't know if you ever saw that. River. River with Stellan Skarsgård. Mm, um, I think I might have heard of it. Is it a Swedish, is it a Swedish one or is it is, it's that English? It's set in London. He's uh, so he's the lead, but it's yeah, it's all set in London. Okay, fair enough. It's, then I'm thinking of a different one. Okay, so where yeah, yeah. Uh, where are you getting that on Netflix? Um, I where have I been watching that one? I can't remember. I've been watching Marcella and Collateral on Netflix as well. Uh, the new season of Marcella and Collateral with Carrie Mulligan. Um, and is it Giri? Ah, what's the name? Giri Hadji. Is that right? The Jap- there's a Japanese series. Well, it's set in London, but it's, it's sort of co-production. See, really if, we good. Had, if we had Laura, Laura on... Yeah, uh, she'd be yeah. able to tell you that. Laura Sampson would be able to tell you anything that's Japanese or anything that's East Asian, she'd be able to tell you. Um, but we, we'll, we'll find out. If you, if you remember it, just send me a text so that uh, we can check it out. But definitely, River, I want to check out. Yes, sorry, yeah, David. One, sorry. Um, has either of you got Apple TV? I do. I don't, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. Because I was just going to ask about watch. Uh, no, sorry, see if anyone's... Um... I haven't seen that one yet. That's the, uh, the oh, what's his name? Big guy, Jason Aquaman. Momoa. Jason Momoa, yes. That's the Jason Momoa um, future, no, futuristic kind of alternate universe kind of thing. Yeah, I have, I've, that's the first one that was pretty much advertised on Apple. It's in, it's in a world where... I think there's some sort of disease that has made everyone blind and these two kids have been born and they can, they're the first ones that can see. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it, it, I want to check it because I'm a Jason Momoa completist. So I'll watch anything that he's done. The guy can sit there and read the dictionary and I'll, I'll definitely pay tickets to go watch it. Um, but I, I, the one, I've only watched one show on Apple TV and it is, um, oh, what is it? It's called something quest. Um, it's from the guys who did um, Arrested Development. Oh, I'm I'm gonna kick myself uh, for that. Um, is it Raven's Quest? I'll 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 find out the name and I'll I'll post it. I'll give it. A anything TV. You haven't, haven't seen anything on Apple TV? No, I haven't got it. I mean, it's something I'm looking into, but at the moment, Netflix is keeping me occupied. But you know, there are there's a lot of streaming platforms coming out at the moment. I've got to yeah. head my bets a little bit and work out which ones to to go with. Yeah, for my sins, I get all. I've gotten all of them. So I have Apple. I have uh, Mythic Quest. That's it. Mythic Quest. Uh, I've I've got Apple TV. I've got Disney Plus. I've got uh, Amazon Prime. I've got Netflix. Uh, I, I want to get Hulu. 
just be, that's my that's my addiction and i i'm not making light of anything of addiction uh but tv and films that's my addiction i spend most of my waking hours if i'm not doing anything else i'm watching tv so uh that's why i definitely want to check out the one you talked about connor you talked about river which is Stellan skarsgård i love his his stuff i want to check that one that one out and david i'll check out c and i'll let you know what it was i think you both should check out c because um i've I've watched a few episodes a couple of episodes sorry not a few and um yeah very very interesting very very good Uh, i'll check check the trailer out and then yeah see see what it's about Exactly. And Mythic Quest is the one I was thinking of, which I've seen. I, I love Mythic Quest. It's, uh, it's, it's from the guys who did It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So you have um, a couple of the, the actors from that and the creator as well. And it's, and it's, it's basically just set in, in this, um, this gaming company and you, about programmers and different levels within the gaming company. Um, and one of the reasons I like it is at the very end, the very last episode that they've done, is a uh, coronavirus type one where they're actually stuck indoors and it's all Zoom meetings and everything like that. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, anyway, so that's that's. I wanted to thank you, uh, Connor, for joining us and get, keeping us updated on when the screaming starts. Um, we wish you all the best, making sure that you get that done, and we hope you'd invite us to come and watch it as soon as it's ready. Yeah, hundred percent, guys. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me on. I'll keep you guys posted and. Hopefully, yeah, we can do this again when we're a bit further ahead in the post-production process and hopefully with a completed film to show you guys. Absolutely. We'd love to watch it. Hopefully in the studio as well when you can come in. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and this is Spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and we have with us the filmmaker behind the short film Phantoms. Please tell us your name and what you do on the project and uh, what Phantoms is all about. Hi, I'm I'm Dr. Pavinder Shagal. I'm the co-writer, co-producer, and I'm also starring in Phantoms. So I'm behind the screen and in front of it. Um, Yeah, that's me. As you're juggling many hats on this particular project, uh, what is, tell us, what is Phantoms? Yeah, so Phantoms is a short film, and um, without giving it away, it's about mental health, LGBT, and a modern horror. Um, and it has an all-female BAME cast. Um, we have the, um, we have Shazia Mirza, who's a celebrity comedian and actress. She's been on Jonathan Ross, I mean, lots of different things. She's playing the doctor. We've got Christine Walsh, who's been in Hollyoaks, you know, a number of different TV productions, and she's playing the role of Francesca, and I'm playing Syrah. Um, And it's a really interesting storyline that actually combines, you know, film with the modern horror, but also mental health. And the reason it's focusing on perinatal mental health, which means pregnancy and mental health, um, is because this is a really hot topic at the moment in the land of mental health and psychiatry, and as well as obstetricians, so those dealing with maternal, you know, mothers-to-be. Um, so it's really to raise awareness of this as well. It's, it's just a really interesting storyline. And also we wanted to really um, destigmatize, you know, mental health, LGBT and ethnic minority communities because it's really, um, it's not discussed and especially amongst women. Um, so we really wanted to make this one very different. 
um, and also put women on the forefront of leading roles and not men. So we really want to put women on the screen and women of colour uh, to give women opportunity of colour to come forward. So I think, you know, it's trying to reduce ethnic stigma, gender stigma, mental health and LGBT stigma in some fun cinematic experience. That's a very good point that you've raised about uh, trying to put not only, uh, we, can, we can come to the mental health stigma in just a second, uh, with regards to the cast that you have uh, on, on the project, um, and you mentioned uh, putting uh, women, women of color uh, in front of camera, it, it, from what I've gathered from the film itself, it seems the entire cast is, uh, it, it, the entire cast is populated of women of color, is that correct? Yes, there's so, three women, and we're all women of color. Of course, yeah, uh, which is which is fantastic. I mean, we we like to promote um, underrepresented communities, especially in the film and TV industry. And so, this is why this project itself um, caught our eye when we when when we uh, made contact on um, on social media. Um, speaking of social media, let's just jump into social media for a second. Uh, you have certain social media links to the film and to yourself. Yeah, so I work under the name, it's a long story as to why, but I'm the secret psychiatrist. So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, website, whatever. So I'm at the secret psychiatrist. The film has its own page at the moment on Instagram and it's at uh, phantoms underscore film, but you can find it on my page as well. Absolutely. That's excellent. Okay, so um, with regards to now moving into the mental health aspect of the project, um, what sort of, uh, what other films out there could people sort of associate with yours in particular for inspiration, for reference yeah. purposes? Oh, so that's a really difficult question because I'm very picky as a psychiatrist about what films I feel go in mind because I don't think they're very truthful to mental health. But um, Alex, our director, thinks, you know, gets inspiration from Mother, um, Rosemary's Baby, um, you know, the classics really. Um, but we've tried to make it very truthful and not too dramatic because we also want to make this a truthful mental health film. Mm -hmm. uh, so with regards to truth you talked about the various themes mental health um, and you mentioned as well how difficult it is for uh, um, minority uh, ethnicity to sort of explore the idea of mental health now I have my ideas about that but I'd like to get your opinion as a yeah. you refer to yourself as a psychiatrist I'd like to get yes. your opinion about um, regarding sort of the cultural uh, aspect of exploring mental mental illness and mental health yeah um so it's a really interesting question and one that we you know always are discussing so i think as a whole globally mental health has a lot of stigma uh, just as i like to compare it so if you fractured your leg people aren't embarrassed but as soon as they have anxiety for instance they are embarrassed and why is that um and there is a difference so at work for instance if we take the leg fracture you know, people at work, um, they'll modify, they'll adjust, uh, and so you can work. But with mental health, people really don't. And it comes down to education as well. And I think we need more voices coming forward. So Michael Phelps came forward with ADHD, Kanye West, Mariah Carey, Bipolar. You know, all these um, celebrities, which is fantastic, are coming forward with their mental health, which needs to be said, because these are role models for certain individuals, especially growing up. When it comes to ethnic minority groups worldwide, it is a huge stigma still. Um, and it's because certain cultures are still very strict traditional and conservative. So some things are not to be discussed. That's why domestic abuse is rarely discussed in these communities as well, especially LGBT. These things are not discussed because it's not normal. And I put that in, in brackets because what is normal, but that's another discussion. So um, 
you know, there's an expectation of how you're meant to be, how you're meant to run a household. Um, and, you know, these things are seen as abnormal. And also there's, there's a sense, community and society is very big in these communities. So um, unfortunately, there is a lot of gossip, you know, people judge others. And it's about sort of, it's about hierarchy. And if you have certain health problems or certain financial difficulties, you're not considered of good status. So there's still a lot of education to come forward because we, everyone has mental health, like no one can deny it. And I know people don't want to say that just like you have physical health, um, but it's about coming forward and that it's okay. But also I think you need role models in these communities to come forward. You know, people look to those of their own. So for me, since I've become a psychiatrist, you know, I had my own stigma you know, amongst doctors to become a psychiatrist because initially I was a surgeon. So it's overcoming this actually and discussing, you know, why is it such a big issue for people actually? Why do people get defensive? And certainly when I've come forward, because I'm, I am South Asian, you know, people have come forward to me now in the family that they have mental health. And I think it just takes a voice, you know, someone in the community who isn't ashamed to talk about something, just like sex is never discussed, you know, drugs is never discussed, you know, these are frowned, you don't discuss these things. Uh, abuse is never discussed um if someone needs to come forward and open the door and I think everyone will soon feel more comfortable but it does start with the community um but I feel as a filmmaker as well everybody watched this film and I feel if you have certain individuals of certain ethnic backgrounds on the screen people might look at these individuals um as role models and think oh okay film is a great platform to shed light on this and so maybe it would start the discussions in the household you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm joined by the writer, director, and star and producer of the film Phantoms, Dr. Uh, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. Is it uh, Parvinda uh, Shargril? Shargril, perfect, yeah. Shargril, excellent. Um, so uh, Dr. Shargril has, is working on a film called Phantoms, which is exploring a, the mental health of a pregnant woman um it's a, i wanted to ask the question you've just you've just talked about the connection between mental health and um and culture so the cultural impact on mental health i, I want to move into the the correlation between mental health and uh, pregnancy so your main character is a pregnant woman who is as the description of the movie goes uh begins to suspect that there is uh, danger towards her uh, unborn child could you yeah. elaborate a little bit more about the connection between uh, the in maternity and mental health yeah so um pregnancy is a huge uh, physical stress on the body okay um um you can have increased risk of diabetes you know blood pressure uh, for instance um as well as other health problems with mental health it can be a trigger so if you weren't aware of that you had mental health or you do have existing mental health, it can trigger it to become a stress. And what I mean by that, you might relapse. So for instance, women with bipolar who have had a pregnancy and their bipolar worsened, if you want to think about it that way, they have a 50% chance of that happening again in another pregnancy. So that is the huge statistic. So individuals, women who have mental health anyway, um, or underlying, it is put, a lot of pressure and stress is put on their mental health in pregnancy because of what you're going through, you know, your mindset and your body. And labour itself is actually a traumatic experience uh, for an individual. So that can make someone relapse. And also when you're pregnant, you have to remember medication. If you're taking medication, but it can impact your pregnancy, you can have a miscarriage or it can cause abnormalities in the um, baby, 
you might have to stop your medication. So that's another increased risk on someone with mental health as well. So there's a lot of different factors coming to this. And also, you know, you have to think about what's going on in the environment, you know, work-wise, home life, you do have other children, are you a single mum raising kids under five? You know, are you in financial difficulty? Are you able to get to your appointments okay? Um, there's a lot of things going on and different factors, but all of them can increase your risk of mental health. Uh, that's that's a very good very good uh, analysis uh, from that particular connection now what i want to try and throw in as well combining uh, pregnancy mental health and what we are currently facing at the moment because normally we'd have you in the studio with us but unfortunately we can't do that because we're locked down due to the covid-19 pandemic so has the what uh, i guess this is a two-part question first um has the current i'm sure it has obviously how has the uh, lockdown affected both your project at the moment? And then the second part of it would be what sort of influence or what's the impact of the COVID-19 lockdown to, uh, you know, cases of pregnancy and also cases of mental health in dealing with that yeah. particular situation. So what is your... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so on um, so one aspect filmmaking side, I mean obviously the whole industry's completely changed. We're actually meant to um we're actually meant to film at the end of this month. Whether we can or not, we don't even know. I mean it's up in the air. Um so we're really tightly following, you know, NHS guidelines that I obviously well, I work in the NHS as well as, you know, the government guidelines. So we're trying to see what's safe. That on one side. Um with mental health and pregnancy we're trying to especially women who are pregnant we're trying to keep things as normal as possible you know they're, they're going to the antenatal clinic as normal as possible um, where possible you don't need to have a face-to-face -face, you know review and assessment physically things are being done online um, you know whether it's zoom or um, telephone calls if possible um, obviously if one's physical health is uh, of concern then you know that comes first and we will need to have a face-to-face there's a whole nother debate about PPE, which I will leave out of it at the moment. Um, concerning mental health, I mean, everything has changed. Uh, we're working very similar to GPs. We're doing as much as we can, you know, um, thank God really for technology and Wi-Fi. I don't know how we'd be doing it. We're doing everything that we can on phone calls, Zoom. Um, also, my shift pattern is completely different where they're trying to have as little as people in the building. So we're on a rotor now. So I go in once a week, another doctor goes in another day. And also, you know, some days it's only me in the building as a doctor. So it's putting, you know, it can increase staff anxiety as well. Um, you know, we've had a lot of staff also that have had COVID. So we've had to be really flexible. You know, I've given up my annual leave. I haven't had annual leave in a year because of the situation. So, you know, everyone's trying to help as much as we can. And obviously, um, you know, demand, uh, you know, with mental health patients is there. So we're just trying to balance everything. And we're really taking it day by day, to be honest. But um, as much as we can online, and if we can't, we will do that in person. And as you said, that you were supposed to be shooting at the end of this month. Are, are you sort of rearranging that particular plan to postpone uh, the production? Or what sort of, what are you working, what, what is the plan yeah. now to do in this situation? Yeah, so um, I've given a deadline uh, for next week on Monday where uh, the director and I and the cast and crew will have a final decision on when it's going to be. I think realistically, being practical, we're going to have to push it back a month or two. It's a three-day shoot. Regardless, we'll have to push it back, I think. Uh, I think safety is more important than my film, um, so I take that into consideration. Um, 
but I think would yeah so next week we'll make a decision and go from there but again you know I think again in the industry you have to be flexible you don't know what's going to happen we never saw this coming um and who knows what next week's going to bring so we're just kind of seeing how it goes at the moment and trying to communicate as effectively as we can and also like something that I would never normally do I'm making sure I'm checking on everyone and just checking they're okay um, which I normally wouldn't go that far to be that personal actually with the cast and crew but um you know I, I realize we're also in a race war as well and this is affecting people and I think we need to be very sensitive of this you know I am a woman of color and I can appreciate what this can do and we need to be supportive of everyone here so I think we're also tailoring it to everyone else's mental health needs as well because this is affecting everyone in different ways and in one final question uh, about sort of the themes of the project you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus Iaco with dr pavinda shergrill who is talking about her film phantoms which is about a pregnant woman who's also dealing with the possibility of a decline in mental health um you you mentioned in in the uh, synopsis of the film as well it is not only looking at um the uh, black an ethnic minority group, Lame group, but you've also mentioned LGBTQ. So, am I? Uh, so, just with that, um, the is my assumption correct that the lead character is uh, is of that is in that community? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, two of two of the actors, uh, well, characters of the community. Okay, fair. So it's fantastic. So, uh, with regards to the LGBTQ community and um, and pregnancy and raising kids, now looking at the at what we understand with regards to news from the uh, United States and certain areas where um, you know uh, LGBT community cannot necessarily um, enjoy the same sort of privileges as the heteronormative couples um, with regards to raising children. Uh, it may be slightly different in the UK. Um, sort of what is the, what um, sort of reference are you making to that in that particular direction with regards to LGBT yeah. community and raising children in your film? Yeah, so I think um, for me, I, you know, I, I, I will never understand why there's not equal rights for everyone. I, I, I really can't understand that as a person. And also as a doctor, I work in mental health with the LGBT community, as well as lots of my peers who are doctors are part of that community. And they still have a lot of stigma to come forward. And that makes me very sad because I feel, you know, if there's a doctor that is part of that community that is afraid to come forward, then there is something wrong. Because if your own doctor is afraid, you know, where does the whole nation stand? So I really wanted to create a platform. You know, I wrote a play last year and again, it was all female cast and it had LGBT in it, right? So I really want to normalize this. And even though I myself am not part of that community, I stand with, you know, individuals here because they have equal rights. They should have these rights. Um, and film, again, is such a great platform for these messages. And I really think we need to be doing more. So when I was making the storyline with the director, I thought, you know, why aren't we, why don't we also include that message? Because why can't you also have lead characters of the LGBT community? Like, why do we not have that more? Because you look around, there's not a single person that I know or anyone that you know someone from that community. Okay, um, so why are we not normalizing on the screen? So my biggest thing is normalizing all of these issues um, so we don't have to face them anymore. And it really shouldn't be an issue in 2020. That's a, a very excellent point. And I, I, I do agree with you with regards to normalizing it. Sort of, it, it's um, not, kind of making a comparison as well. It's sort of the argument that happened what, last year or a couple of years ago when the Black Panther movie 
uh, came out where there was sort of a backlash to the to the project about what is the uh, what's the fuss about having a, a black superhero character you know there are other black superhero characters like Hancock and Blade and usually that conversation usually ends at that point because they never seem to be able to add any extra characters to it and that was yeah. the that was the that was the reason why uh, a film such as Black Panther um, had such a cultural impact uh, because the uh, black community could actually look up and see a superhero that was not only supported it, it was not only supported by other characters of ethnic minority it literally they were independent of white support so i do agree yeah. with you in your in your regards of normalizing um, the perspective uh, of the lgbt community as well because they they we're all the same uh, and we should be treated the same in that regard, or at least with the same sort of equity, if you want to include Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, so with your project Phantoms, I, I noticed that there is an Indiegogo um, uh, campaign. Tell us more about yeah. that. Uh, so today is the last day. <laughs> oh. so, um, no, no, it's completely fine. We're very lucky. It's a very small budget, but we've been very lucky. We've even gone past it. And there's even someone that wants to come on as an executive producer after the campaign's finished today. So we'll be uh, contacting her privately. But if anyone does want to get involved, you know, even if it's the film credit or an exec producer, or even if you just want to follow us, we will be having a premiere, you know, when this apocalyptic time is over. So we will be putting that all on um, Phantom's page because we really want to, we really just want to celebrate this time of this film and what it means. And we're also going to, you know, have a lot from, I don't want to say too much, so I want it to be a surprise at the premiere, but we want to have, you know, uh, special guests from you know the black community the south asian community all different ethnic minority communities to come forward with talent so it's going to be a very unique special premiere so do you know follow us if you want to keep up to date and get involved in that because we'll be looking for individuals to come for that to celebrate with us excellent thank you very much dr Pavinda. and just again to reiterate the social media links uh, for yourself it on especially on um uh, Instagram, it's the secret, the secret psychiatrist, correct? Yes, perfect. Yeah. And then for the film, it is phantoms underscore film. Yes. And is that across all social media? Uh, all social media. So all social media for me is the secret psychiatrist. For phantoms, it's just on Instagram. Oh, fantastic! Uh, and most of the information is on Instagram anyway. So if anybody wants yes. to uh, to get more information about the project, uh, we will definitely stay in touch because we'd love the idea of the project. We would love to support uh, any in any way that we can. Um, you. You've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. Dr. Parvinda, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, and uh, we'd hope to hear more about the project. We also, I also want to say thank you very much as, as a doctor, as, a, as an essential worker, for making the sacrifices that you have um, during this, uh, this very tenuous period that we have. As you said, you sacrificed your annual leave. You've gone back to work. You're putting yourself on the front line. We appreciate all the work that you've been doing. Thank you very much for, for that. Thank you so much. And that was our spotlight for this week. We're going to skip the last segment for this week, which is uh, top, which is usually top five favorites. We'll skip it for this week because we have had some uh, correspondents that have come in suggesting new categories for top five favorites. So we're going to go through that list. We're going to pick our favorites. And when we pick our favorite, we're going to send out as we mentioned, the DVD copies of Blue Story by Rapman uh, to the winner from which we pick. And we will start off our, uh, we're going to use that particular category next week uh, when we do our top five favorites. 
You've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I have been Marcus E. Ako saying thank you very much for listening. Stay safe. Speak to you next week. Mm-hmm.